your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, April 2nd, 2021. It is Good Friday. Hopefully you have a great Friday. Hopefully you have a great weekend. Hopefully you have a great Easter on Sunday. But it is Good Friday today, and we're going to have a really, really good show here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Very pumped up, very excited about it. And uh, coming up on today's show, let's go ahead and just get into it right now. Uh, segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707 654 six nine three just got a handful of calls and texts that i want to get to coming up is segment number two pretty excited about this one gonna talk about the upcoming nfl draft and how it pertains to the raiders and if they should get aggressive and go make a splash in the draft. Not just, you know, I've been talking about for a while the Raiders just sitting there waiting until number 17 because you can get the best player available and they've got a lot of areas that they need to go ahead and address anyway. So you're going to get a really good player there at 17. But what if the Raiders were to go make just an aggressive splash type move? Like they see a guy that might fall out of the top 10 or so and they just got to go, go get him. You know, and this is really a question that came to me because uh, Cofield and company, I was on his show on Tuesday on ESPN Las Vegas, and he asked me about it, and it kind of pertained to the San Francisco 49ers. You'll hear his question, and then I'll give you my thoughts and, and kind of expand on that. That all come up in segment number two. Plus, I have a stat about the Raiders and their wide receivers that might make you kind of scratch your head and wonder what in the world is going on. That's all coming up in segment number two, so a loaded segment. Here in segment number one, as I do on the daily, give you the news and the notes of the day, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. Off top, I wanted to kind of tell you about a couple different pro days that were going on on Thursday, and I didn't get on either one of these pressers, so I don't have any sound from these, and that's UCF and also Oklahoma State, but let's start off with UCF and their free safety, Richie Grant. Uh, He's a guy that I talked to Vinny Bonsignor the other day on Raider Nation Radio 920 about him. Uh, He said, hey, what if the Raiders were able to get him in round two? Would you like that? I'm like, absolutely. He's a ball hawk and free safety. Ten career interceptions, 15 passes defense. He had his pro day on on Thursday, and so uh, he he came in with these official numbers. His height, 5'11 and a half, weight 197, hand 9 inches, 3 eighths, arms 32 and 5'8 inches, wingspan 77. He ran the 40-yard dash, according to an NFL scout, at 4.49. Vertical jump, 34.5. Broad jump, 10.9, which is really, really good. Uh, short shuttle, 4.27. Three cones, drill, 6.78. That's really, really good. And the bench press, 225. He did that 12 times. So uh, some of those numbers I don't really worry about and concern myself about, but uh, the arm length is really good, 32 and 5.8 inches. That's really good. The broad jump, 10.9 is good. And, of course, the three cone at 6.78 is really, really good. And I think his speed is good enough, 4.49. And clearly a guy that can make plays uh, with, the, with having 10 career interceptions. I've said it before on the show, and I got this. It's not something I made up, but it's something a coach told me once that if you're a ball hawk in high school, you're probably going to be a ball hawk in college. If you're a ball hawk in college, you're probably going to be a ball hawk in the NFL. You don't go from being a guy who doesn't create turnovers in college to all of a sudden being a guy who creates turnovers in the NFL. Well, Richie Grant has that trait. We all know that the Raiders need a free safety to go with uh, Jonathan Abram on that back end. I think Richie Grant would be a really, really good candidate. So that's one of the guys I wanted to tell you about. Also, another guy that Raider Nation is very excited about, uh, Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. He's a three-year starter and his grade has improved each and every year this past season he saw a jump to the upper echelon of tackles in college football 
football. And uh, he's a big-time right tackle, which is clearly what the Raiders need. You know, I've been talking about Christian Derrissaw. I've been talking about a couple other guys that are left tackles, natural left tackles, that would have to kick over to the right side. Well, Tevin Jenkins is a big-time right tackle. He's a dude that's a mauler. He's just got a nasty kind of attitude about himself. Matter of fact, after the pro day, he said, and I can't remember what reporter put it out there, but he said that he's just a bad mother effer. <laughs> and said it straight up, you know, just said it straight up. He's a bad mother effer. And so he's just got that nasty, you know, play through the whistle type approach uh, in his career. He had 483 career snaps at left tackle in three seasons, but he had 1,844 career snaps at right tackle in three seasons. So clearly he's a natural right tackle. So if you're looking for a natural fit at 17, then Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State might be your guy. The only knock I have on him, and it's not even really a knock, it's not his fault, but me, I cover the Big 12 all the time. Obviously, uh, Baylor is the, the team I cover the most, but I cover all the teams in the Big 12, and there wasn't a real dog defensively, a big defensive end that was trying to get to the quarterback this past season that he had to really slow down. That's my only concern is that there's not a lot of dudes on the defensive side of the ball that uh, you know were really – Real, like I said, dogs in the Big 12 this past season. So, I mean, he's still a really good tackle. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm not trying to take that away from him. It's not his fault. He just happened to play in the Big 12. So that's why I kind of lean towards other guys. But Tevin Jenkins is definitely an absolute player. And as a matter of fact, Jeffrey Chadia from uh, NFL Network, he was there at his pro day. So uh, here's the conversation. Here's Jeffrey Chadia talking about how Jenkins did on his pro day. And then you'll hear uh, you'll hear a little bit of back and forth there on NFL Network. Check it out. He looked pretty good, Andrew. And this is a guy who was not a big household name coming into his last college season as a redshirt senior, but really blew up in the Big 12, was an all Big 12 performer. And you saw what made him that today with his strength. Uh, did 36 reps of 225 pounds. That was the high for the day. And watching him, out here, watching him in the position drills out here, really impressive seeing him run blocking, using his strength. Not the longest arms, but a really tough guy. I think our Daniel Jeremiah talked about just watch. It's really fun to watch this guy in the run game because he's really nasty. So he's had a pretty big day so far. Yeah, I like this guy. Uh, I watched three games on him, which uh, people say, what's three? Initial looks of players starts with three games. He passed the test. Excellent technician. He's got power and strength both in the run game to move people, but in pass protection with his jam. I thought as a right tackle, and that's where he played, he slid very well. He could come back inside to the inside move. He handled stunts well, did a good job on the outside move. Very good technician. Now, right, his guy could go anywhere, and I, I've got him in the 20s. Okay, Brian Balaga, same kind of player. But there's been guys taken like Jack Conklin was taken at eight. He's had a long career as a right tackle. Um, Mike McGlinchey, who's struggling with San Francisco, was taken nine. Juwan James, who had a, a long career, decent career, he was taken at 19. So this guy could go all the way to the second round if people stay away from a right tackle. But I really like this guy a lot. To me, he's an excellent pick in the 20s. If I'm, if I'm at there, I'd be drilling this guy all day as a left tackle. Can a guy called play on the other side with his technique? I don't know that. I'd want to see that in the drills. Right now, to me, in the 20s, but this guy's going good. Long career here. He is, I was going to say, Charlie, number 34 in Daniel Jeremiah's big board in his top 50. And he did start seven games at left tackle over the four years and two at right guard as well. But, yes, to your point, primarily a right tackle. 
So there you go. You hear the fellas talking about Tevin Jenkins right there. And, of course, uh, he can play left tackle, but he's mainly a right tackle. 1,844 career snaps at the right tackle position. Uh, he's a mauler in the run game. Of course, the Raiders want to butter their bread by way of the run game. So definitely a guy to be considered for the Raiders at number 17 overall. Uh, Charlie Cassidy was talking about him in the 20s. but And maybe the Raiders trade back. Maybe that's the scenario as well. I'm going to be talking in segment number two about them being aggressive and maybe trading up. But maybe they trade back, collect a couple more picks, and then, you know, get him at like 22, 23, 24, something like that. And then, boom, you got your right tackle for the next 10 years. Who knows? Either way you look at it, thought that was some good information to bring to the table here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Also, the NFL sent out a memo to all the teams about offseason workouts, letting them know to prepare for virtual meetings when uh, the offseason programs begin on April 19th, but it's not going to be all virtual workout program like it was in 2020. So there's going to be a lot of players on the field this spring. Let's put it like that. It's not going to be all by way of Zoom. There's going to be a lot of in-person teaching going on, which is something that I think the Raiders need. Obviously, the whole NFL needs it. It's better that way anyway, but uh, I think the Raiders really, really need to do that. And hopefully some of their rookies from last season can be you know, caught up to speed and be a lot better this upcoming season than they were their rookie year. Uh, my final thing I got for you for segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast has nothing to do with the Raiders at all. On Thursday on Fox Sports Central Texas, John Mosley, he's the head coach at East LA Community College. He was on Last Chance U. His basketball team was featured on Last Chance U this past season, and uh, we had him as a guest, and he was really, really great. Uh, if you want to go to my Twitter page, at your boy Q254, you can actually hear the whole interview. But my very last question to him was about guys chasing their dreams, and, and they're just not quite there yet, and what he would say to them, because he's a guy that's very inspirational, uh, very motivating. Uh, if you've seen the, the series, Last Chance U, uh, and the story of his team, the East L.A. Community College Huskies, then you know what I'm talking about. But uh, here's John Mosley. You'll hear my question. You'll hear him answer talking about chasing your dreams. Coach, before I let you go, if there's any young man out there that's listening, that's trying to get to the next level, that's trying to live out their dreams, but they're just struggling right now, what would you tell them? You, you, you got you to gotta continue to grind. You can't expect anything to be given to you. You got to grind. And then you have to make sure you keep that eye on the prize, man. I know it sounds cliche, it sounds, but you got to continue to grind, and you got to believe that it's going to happen. And then if you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, man, you just keep going down that tunnel, you'll eventually see it. There's no way, there's no way that you can continue to grind and good things not happen. There's absolutely no way. I've never seen those percentages fell, fall short. I love the end of it right there where he just got fired up. He's like, there's no way. There's no way. And I mean, that just, that goes for anything, man. And so sometimes, you know, I'll see something that's a, a nice little uh, motivational, you know, I don't know, sentence or two or whatever, and, and I'll bring it to the show because sometimes people just need to hear that but uh, I immediately thought of the podcast when he was talking about it because I know there's a lot of folks that listen on the daily that are chasing dreams right now including myself so sometimes we need to hear that and so uh, I thought that that was really good stuff again that's head coach John Mosley from Last Chance U East LA Community College the Huskies uh, the basketball team if you have not seen that show on Netflix that series I encourage you to go check it out really really good stuff that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast coming up in segment number two Talking about the Raiders, talking about the NFL draft, talking about if they should be aggressive and go make a splash in the draft. I'll explain all of that coming up in the next segment. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. Baseball season is officially back. Stayed up all night last night watching MLB. I don't know what it is about baseball, but I really just love the game, love to watch it, and I love to go to the games, but... 
BetOnline.ag is a spot where you can get involved in baseball. You can get involved in college basketball. Of course, the Final Four is going to be this weekend. I mean, you can get involved in NBA. Anything you want to dibble and dabble in, BetOnline.ag has you covered. They're your online sportsbook experts. If you want to open up a free account today, you can. Uh, use the promo code LOCKEDON when you make your first deposit, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So no matter what you put in, you're going to get 50% of that on top of that. So say you get, I don't know, put $200 in, you're going to get an extra hundo on top of that to play with. So you got to use the promo code Locked on when you uh, make your first deposit when you open up your account at betonline.ag on social media you can find them at betonline underscore ag make sure you take advantage of the best bonuses in the business get off the sideline and get into the game and do it with betonline.ag segment number two is on the way your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about the upcoming NFL draft. We are less than 30 days away from round one of the draft. Of course, the Raiders pick at number 17. So that's what I really want to talk about here is should the Raiders get aggressive? Should the Raiders go outside of who they are and go make a move? Go make a move and go get a guy. You know, and this really came from Steve Cofield. And you'll hear his question to me in just a minute uh, from ESPN Las Vegas. I was on his show on Tuesday and he asked me and it was really pertaining to the 49ers by the move that they made trading up all the way to number three so they could make sure they go get their guy and he said I could appreciate them being aggressive so it got me thinking and he was even asking me like what do you think you know should the Raiders get aggressive and it's not necessarily to go get a quarterback but just go get a difference maker a big time difference maker should they go do that and so here's the question that Steve Cofield presented to me. Q Myers a regular on Raider Nation Radio here in Vegas uh, also, Locked On Raiders podcast. Uh, let's bounce around the NFL here for a second. What do you think about the what the Niners did? You know, you're a Northern California guy. Yeah, I love the aggression. Um, I'm not saying the Raiders have to go get a quarterback, but I wish the Raiders were half as aggressive as this move that uh, little Shanny, as we call him, just made. Hey, if they got a guy they want at quarterback, they're not messing around. You know, they um, they know Trevor Lawrence is going to be gone. Zach Wilson's probably going to be gone. They're not playing games and letting other teams determine their uh, their destiny. So that was what caught my attention right there. Not letting other teams determine their destiny. You know, and I've been talking about for the longest that the Raiders sitting at number 17 is a pretty good position because as that board falls and as other teams trade up to go get quarterbacks and trade up to go get difference makers, there's going to be some good talent fall to them at number 17. But then I started thinking, what if the Raiders decided, hey, you know what? We're not going to let other teams determine our destiny. We're going to go out there and make a move and go get a guy that we think can help put this team over the top right now. And, of course, I know everyone wants to trade back. I was talking about the Locked On NFL mock draft that we're doing that I'm a part of. And, you know, one of my options was trading back. And that's what I – and I've already made my pick. I'll just throw it out there. I've already made my pick. I'm not going to tell you who I pick because I don't know what platform they're going to put it out on yet. So, uh, as I figure that out, I think it's going to air April 19th through the 26th or something like that. As I get more information on it, I'll let you know. But I made my pick. I'll tell you, I stayed pat at number 17. But I did attempt to trade back. I waited and waited and waited and tried to trade back. But you know what I never did? I never tried to trade up. And, and that's what I'm thinking, like, should I have done that? Should I have tried to trade up? And there was one guy in particular that I kind of wanted to trade up for, but then he was already gone. And so when I saw that he was already gone, I was like, okay, well, never mind. I'll just sit here and wait. And then as I sat there and waited, there was a couple other guys that went off the board that I was like, man, that would have been a good a good Raider right there. And, well, then I ended up making a pick. And I'm not saying it's the best pick, but it was my pick. So anyway, you'll at some point, you'll see what that is. One stat that I wanted to throw out there to you, and uh, this came from Dove Kleiman on, uh, on Twitter on, on Thursday. 
The Raiders were last in the league in 2020 season in targeting wide receivers. They targeted their wide receiver on just 43.4% of their pass attempts. And we all know Darren Waller's the guy. We already know that. So that's that's one thing. And, and so it, they're already going to be lower because he's uh, classified as a tight end because he is a tight end. But I still look at it like, man, they really need to get more of their wide receivers involved. So what if there was like a difference maker wide receiver who could really be a big-time dude? And I'm not giving up on Henry Ruggs, but I'm also not sold that they're going to use Henry Ruggs correctly. I just don't like the way that they used him in year one. I don't think that it was all on the team. I don't think it was all on Henry Ruggs. I think it was a collaboration to everybody. But it's not a good, you know, good step forward. I don't think it was a good direction. So what if they had Darren Waller as their number one guy? But then they had a big-time wide receiver another dude you know what I mean a guy that could be a big time player and I know that the Raiders went out there and made a bunch of uh, one-year deals for wide receivers in in free agency I get I know they got John Brown I know they went out and got Willie Sneed I get that but what if they got just like a real deal dude what if what if a Jalen Waddle or a Devontae Smith what if one of those two guys fell out of the top 10 and they were sitting there hovering around 12 or 13 what if the Raiders went up and made a move for that say you know what this guy's gonna be our guy And then all of a sudden, it's going to free up Darren Waller. It's going to free up, you know, Henry Ruggs. It's going to all of a sudden make our passing attack just nasty. I would actually be okay with that because then at least you're kind of showing that, hey, we believe in this core group and we believe that we can get over the hump with just a certain dude, a guy that can get us over the top. Now, Kyle Pitts would be every team's dream, I think. He's probably going to be the best player that's not a quarterback in this draft. I mean, he's just that stinking good. I don't see him getting out of the top five. So I don't, I know Brother Marquise in the 305, that's his dude. Like, he would really want the Raiders to do everything they could to go get him. And that'd be awesome. I mean, that really would be. You have him, you have uh, Darren Waller, you have Henry Ruggs. I mean, that, that passing attack would be unstoppable, but I just don't see him dropping out of the top five. But what if a Waddle or a Devontae Smith fell out? I would put Jamar Chase in there, but I don't see him dropping out of the top you know, six or seven either. So I don't see them getting that aggressive. I remember they're sitting at 17, so you can't get that aggressive and go all the way up to like three like the 49ers did because then, I mean, you're giving up everything for the next you know few years. Now, that was just offensively. What about defensively? What if a, you know, a Patrick Sertain fell out of the top 10? What if a J.C. Horn dropped out of the top 10? Those are guys that that I would I would be willing to say, hey, let's trade up for. Let's go make a move for. Hey, that, that guy's sitting there at number 11. Patrick Sertain is still sitting there at number 11. Go get that dude because I think he's going to be a lockdown corner. I think J.C. Horn's going to be a lockdown corner out of South Carolina. Those two guys right there, I kind of look at those as defensive back 1A and defensive back 1B. Guys that could be what I've been talking about and screaming about on the podcast for a while, alphas. What if they were to make a go, go make a move like that? I know that's not in the Raiders' nature. They don't really make moves up. They usually try to trade back, and that's what most teams try to do. They try to trade back so they can uh, establish more picks, but the Raiders have done a good job. They've gotten eight picks so far in this in this upcoming draft. You know, what if they were you know willing to, to move up a few picks, go get a guy, and maybe give up an early pick in, in the next draft just so you can get a difference maker right now? Because bottom line is, man, the Raiders got to do whatever they can. They've got to be as aggressive as possible to go and make the playoffs. You know how everybody's excited about getting to Allegiant Stadium? Well, they got a, they got a, a pass in 2020 because there was no fans in the stadium. So the first year that the fans are going to be is this year. So that's great. But the shine on that stadium is going to wear off so quickly if this team is consistently going 7-9, and 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, not making the playoffs. That shine is going to wear off real quick, and all of a sudden it's just going to become a, a tourist attraction. It's going to become one of those places that – people go to because, well, their favorite team is playing the Raiders and they want to make a trip to Vegas at the same time. That's what it's going to end up becoming if they don't 
find a way to get into the playoffs and start consistently getting to the playoffs. And I'm look, I know you got a couple years before that kicks in, but me being here in Central Texas, I actually saw that happen to Jerry's World. People wanted to go to Jerry's World because they wanted to go see how amazing that stadium was. And so they actually didn't have a home field advantage. They had uh, teams that were coming in. Their, their fans were traveling there more than even them. Hell, the last time the Raiders played a, a Thanksgiving game, I went to that game, and I'll promise you, and I know Raider Nation travels well, that stadium had way more Raider fans in it than it had Cowboy fans in it. I promise you that. And it was way louder when the Raiders were representing, and the Raiders lost that game. But there was way more Raider fans in that stadium than there were Cowboy fans on that Thanksgiving day. And that shouldn't happen. And so you don't want that to happen to Allegiant Stadium at some point. And again, you're a few years out from that. You don't have to worry about that in one year or two years. You've got a little bit of time where that, that stadium is still the nice, shiny thing. And Raider Nation is going to want to go there and be there all the time. But if you can't find a way to win, and I think there's a lot of pressure on the Raiders to win as well. Remember, the Golden Knights, the Vegas Golden Knights went there their very first year. They were established there. They weren't a, a team that, that moved to Vegas. They were established there in Las Vegas. They did everything they could to make it to the playoffs, and they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals that exact year, the very first year in existence. They went all the way to the finals. Now, they lost, but they got there. And that front office is very aggressive. If you pay attention to hockey at all, that front office is very aggressive to make their team as good as possible so they consistently get into the playoffs. At what point should the Raiders' front office get aggressive and go make some big-time moves? And I know they went and tried to make a big-time move for Antonio Brown, and it blew up in their face. I get that. That was one big-time move. And I've been gun-shy to go after some big-time moves. But at some point, you got to, you know, you, you got to recock the gun and fire again. You know what I mean? Like, what I always say, you're guaranteed to miss a shot you don't take. Should the Raiders fire off a couple shots in this upcoming draft? And I'm not saying get crazy, but if a couple guys, a couple big-time difference makers start to drop and maybe fall out of that top 10, why not Mike Mayock and John Gruden pick up the phone and say, hey, you know what, let's go wheel and deal a little bit and make a move and get up to 11 or 12, 13, and go get that big-time wide receiver that's also going to put the wide receiver room over the top, put that offense over the top. Or go get that big-time defensive back that could be a shutdown dude. And I know you got, you got Trayvon Mullen, you got Damon Arnett, but you go get that, that big-time player and then you figure out what you got to do with the rest. You know what I mean? Like, you can do that. They have that option, I do believe. So I'm not 100% against the Raiders getting aggressive. Again, I put my pick in for the Locked On NFL mock draft, and I didn't get aggressive. But what happened is I started thinking about getting really aggressive after I did it, and it was too late that I already put my pick in. So that was my fault. But that's, that's what got me really the wheels turning. And then, like I said, Cofield and company, he said what, uh, what he said and asked me the question and uh, talked about allowing another team to determine your fate. You know, why, why should the Raiders allow a team to determine their fate? Maybe the better option would be to see what they want, go target it, and do what it takes to go get it. I would actually be okay with that, and I'd actually applaud that if they were to make that move. Now, again, it's not the only move that they can make, and they could just sit there at 17, and their guy could end up falling to them. We'll find out, obviously, but uh, I just it's just one of those things. When I was asked that question, it just made me kind of scratch my head and say, hmm, it's not a bad idea. And then I started thinking about it and thinking about it, and whenever I start having those thoughts that just stick in my head forever and I don't forget about them, it's there, I know that it's a good topic. So I just thought I would go ahead and, and throw that out there. So you can hit me up at 707-654-4693. That's the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line. Let me know what you think about that. Would you be cool with the Raiders getting aggressive, targeting someone, and going and making a move to get them if they were to start to fall to them in this upcoming draft? Or do you want them to stay pat at 17 
or trade back. And those only kind of trades you want to see is a trade back where they collect more picks. Let me know your thoughts. Again, there's no wrong answer. I, I want to hear from you. 707-654-4693. Before we get to segment number three and your calls and texts, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. Great taste of protein bar. Been telling you about it for a very, very long time. Uh, BuiltBar.com. That's the website. They got so many different flavors. Just wrapped up the Built Bar March Madness Challenge where they were uh, making one bar go up against another bar to see which one was the best tasting bar and one bar would move on to the next round depending on uh, who voted for what. Either way you look at it, man, all the bars are great tasting. Some people have their favorites. Some people like just about all of them. Well, you can go ahead and get you a box, get you a couple boxes at BuiltBar.com. You can customize your box and get as many different flavors in it as you want. Uh, they'll get you hooked up in, in a major, major way. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get no. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order just like that. Promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. Get your hands on a great taste of protein bar and save some money at the same time. All from BuiltBar.com. Segment number three is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Friday, April 2nd, 2021. It's your time to shine. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Just got a handful of calls and texts to get to today. The first call comes from T3 Raider Facts, calling in with his five quick hits of the day. He's talking about wide receiver John Brown, Kenyon Drake, Willie Sneed, based off a of word association on Raiders.com. Then he's talking Unique Ngakwe and Solomon Thomas, uh, Roger Goodell in full stadiums, offensive tackle in the first round of the draft, and Obi-Wan Raiders. Got a lot in this call. Here he is, T3 Raider Facts. This is T3 Raider Facts with my five quick hits of the day. Number one, Levi Edwards on Raiders.com did a word association on three new Raiders acquisitions. For wide receiver John Brown, he used the word deep as in the deep ball. I have no problem with that whatsoever. For back Kenyon Drake, he used the word gate as in right out of the gate. Sounds good. And for wideout Willie Sneed, he said sneaky. Well, I'd be okay with that for a number two or number three guy. So let's see what Gruden cooks up. Number two, I've got my own word association for two other new players. For Yannick Ngakwe, I'm going to say sack, and that needs no explanation. And for defensive lineman Solomon Thomas, I'm going to say jump, as in let's see this young man jumpstart his career and get to great with the silver and black. Number three, Roger Goodell's already said that he expects to see full stadiums this year. Well, I'm going to have to call a false start penalty on Mr. Goodell. I know what he wants, which is what we all want. Just wait on the snap of the ball, dude, and please, echoed by all of Raider Nation, please don't jump off sides. Number four, Darisaw or Jenkins? I could go either way as far as bringing in a young tackle in the first round. I know, Q, that you believe in Darisaw, that you were kind of downplaying the talent that Jenkins was playing against this year. But I think Jenkins is an absolute monster and has that mean streak that every Raider fan would absolutely love. I'm just saying. Number five, continue prayers for Obi-Wan Raider. Q, I know we talk all the time about putting things in perspective and showing love for our families and each other, but this one hits me deep. I hope that everyone listening will make a plan to reach out to a loved one today and do it for our brother, Obi-Wan Raider. All right, happy Easter, Raider Nation. Q, great things are in store for you, my friend. And if everything plays out just right, you and I will be at the Super Bowl together next year. But first things first, looking forward to hearing your mock draft. Until then, I'll just stay passionate about my Raiders because passion always outlives fashion. 
T3 Raider Facts, there he goes, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you. As far as Jenkins and Derisaw go, man, I think really are both really, really good offensive tackles. Uh, I just know, and why I was talking about Jenkins, and I really wasn't trying to use it as a knock against him, I just know that the Big 12 didn't have any big-time edge rushers, and you know, monsters in 2020 that he had to go up against, but that doesn't mean he's not a good offensive tackle, and he definitely has that mean streak. I know exactly what you're talking about. Jenkins is a right tackle by trade. Derisaw would have to kick over to the right side, so that could give Jenkins a leg up as well. I mean, really, it's it's choose your flavor. What do you like better? You know, I like to call it, uh, what, what flavor Kool-Aid do you like? Do you like Grape or Red? <laughs> you know what I mean? What, which one? Hell, I like Purple Saurus Rex. So there you go. I mean, it, it's all about what flavor you prefer. So uh, thank you so much for that call. Next up, I got a text from Raider Fatty. He says, hey Q, it's Raider Fatty. Thank God it's Fatty Friday. We're finally in April and the draft is coming fast. Here are my mock draft results that I did on Pro Football Focus with their grades. I did not do any trades to keep it simple. I'd be very happy if these are the picks. At 17 overall, he got Rashawn Slater, the tackle out of Northwestern. He got an A- for that grade. Uh, at 48, Aleem McNeil, the defensive lineman out of North Carolina State. He got a B+. Plus. At 79, Ardarius Washington, the safety out of TCU. Got a B-plus for that one. At 80, Jamin Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky, a B-plus. 121, Kendrick Green, the guard out of Illinois. He got a B-plus. 162, Cornell Powell, wide receiver out of Clemson, a B-plus. 167, Joshua Kendo, uh, edge rusher from Florida State. He got a B-plus. And then number 200 overall, Jonathan Cooper, edge rusher out of Ohio State. He got a C-plus. Overall grade for Raider Fatty's mock draft was a B-plus for the Raiders overall. And you got some real deal players there, man. Slater, obviously, is one of the best tackles in the in the draft. Uh, Ardarius Washington is a big-time safety as well. Uh, him and, uh, and Trayvon Merrick, both big-time safeties. Uh, Jamin Davis is climbing up a lot of boards at that linebacker position. Uh, Cornell Powell, you know how the Raiders love their Clemson guys. So, yeah, I mean, overall, man, really, really good mock draft. So definitely appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Sparks and AK. Says, Q, curious, what other Raider podcast you might recommend? I usually only listen to your show. Not a Raider Cody Carr fan. Can't do the dude with the wicked lisp on YouTube. I added in the huddle after listening to you on his show yesterday, talking about Vinny Bonsignor. Decent show, although the call-in section is a bit awkward. The only other show I listen to for the Raiders is the official Raiders podcast with Eddie Pascal. Appreciate it. Stay up. There goes my guy Sparks and AK, and I appreciate the text, my man. And it really depends on what your flavor is. It really depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for something that is going to be a fan out and, you know, just the Raiders can do no wrong, you know, looking through silver and black glasses, I really don't have an answer for that because that's not my flavor and that's not something that I go out and, and look for. I'm just, I'm not that guy. I don't want to, I don't want someone to blow smoke up my backside and all this other stuff and tell me that everything is great when it's not, you know what I'm saying? So I would probably say maybe state of the union podcast with Vic Tafer uh, from the athletic. They do a really good job on that one. Vegas nation from Las Vegas review journal. I think they do a good job. Just pod baby uh, with Evan Grote and uh, Mo Moten. They do a really good job. Uh, and that's, that's kind of really all I really would recommend from my point of view, from the, the kind of show that I, I would appreciate, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of them out there. There's a tons of great content. And again, it's all about what flavor you choose. I'm not saying any is better than the other or anything is wrong with the other. It's just not the flavor I would choose. It's not, it's not my style. So that's just why I would stay away from it. But again, it's up to you to determine what your flavor is. So thank you so much for that text. And my final text for the show comes from Raider Vic in the 757. Q, Air Raider Vic from the 757 for now. I grew up on the Los Angeles Raiders and have moved around with the Air Force for 20 plus years. 
I've been listening for a couple months on Raider Nation Radio. I wanted to ask a question about the Raiders' zone-blocking scheme and its lack of success in short yardage. The number of times the Raiders were first and goal or third and short only to get stonewalled and was enormously frustrating. My question, is it the scheme, the line, play calling, or Josh Jacobs that contributes to short yardage failures? Losing Hudson, Jackson, and Brown may hurt the passing game, but it may help the running game. That's from Raider Vic in the 757. And, you know, that's a good question. And I don't really think it's the zone blocking scheme. I don't think the run blocking period was very good for the Raiders in uh, in 2020. It just wasn't. You know, it just it seemed to take a step back. Josh Jacobs, in my opinion, didn't seem to be as explosive as he was. His rookie year seemed like he was just a little bit not not heavy-legged, but he just seemed like he was a little bit a step slower than he was uh, the year before um, and not really as explosive either, like I said, on those those short yardages. Uh, some of it, I think, is play calling as well is too predictable. You know, I think a lot goes into it, but we will see how this offensive line performs. That's going to be one of the biggest storylines. You know, going into this offseason, I kept saying the biggest storyline was going to be defense, defense, defense. Now that we have seen the offensive line be broken down and now reconstructed with another piece or two still to be added, that's going to be a huge storyline as well because we all know the Raiders want to run the rock. They went out there and got Kenyon Drake. They got Josh Jacobs. Of course, you still have uh, the fullback, Alec Ingold. He's still on the roster doing his thing. You know, There's still options. I wouldn't be surprised if they add a running back at some point during the draft. You know, They're going to try to run the rock, but how effective is it going to be with this new found offensive line? That's going to be a big-time storyline. So now you've got questions about the defense and you've got questions about the offensive line. But this is why they get paid the money they get paid because they're supposed to be able to put this thing together. Maybe these new offensive linemen that they're getting are better for the blocking scheme that Tom Cable wants to actually run. That's something that's been suggested many times here on the podcast. I thought that Trent Brown, Gabe Jackson, and Rodney Hudson did fine with the zone blocking scheme. I know they weren't built ideally for it. They're more of a power blocking scheme. I'm much rather, I'll be 100% honest with you, I'm much rather the Raiders run a power blocking scheme. But if you look across the landscape of the NFL, nobody's really doing that anymore. It's all basically going to the zone blocking scheme. I'm a power blocking guy. That's just what I like. I like those guys, those big uglies, man, to start blocking downhill and just go get those nasty yards when you know, hey, man, it's third and one. You know what's coming. When everyone in the stadium knows Josh Jacobs is going to get the ball or Kenyon Drake is going to get the ball or Alec Ingle is going to get the ball, and they can't stop it because those big uglies up front are blocking downhill. That's what I prefer. That's what I really, really like, but that's not where we are. That's not where we are as a fan base. That's not where the Raiders are are as, as a team. As a fan base, we have to hope that Tom Cable and, and company can get this zone blocking scheme work to perfection. And, and these guys that are in there and been inserted into the, the offensive line now can really uh, work it to perfection and really increase this run game that the Raiders had. Uh, so it improves from what it was a year ago and is able to pick up the third and short. Josh Jacobs scored a lot of touchdowns in, in 2020, but he could have had a lot more. <laughs> Simple as that. Could have had a lot more if they were able to cash in more often than not inside the red zone. So uh, thank you so much for that text. Appreciate you. Thanks for all the calls and texts and tweets. Anytime anyone hits me up at your boy Q254 on Twitter, I appreciate that as well. So enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy the weekend and Easter. Hang out with your family. Do what you got to do. Uh, you know, enjoy some baseball if you want to. If you're a baseball fan like myself, turn it on. But uh, either way you look at it, man, just have a great weekend. We'll be back here on Monday talking all things Raiders on the Locked On Raiders podcast. So stay safe. Take care of your family. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Uh, social distance do what you gotta do you know we ain't out of the woods yet with this virus thing so don't put your guard down too much and uh, most importantly Raider Nation as always just win baby